Hello, welcome back to the Bottleneck Podcast. It's Olive Q. Um, no music today. Just the sirens of ambulance and maybe police outside my house because I live pretty close to a hospital. <laughs> I have my window open because today was uh, but it was hot for some reason. And I don't know. Anyway, I got my water and I've got my vape. And let's just talk about something that's been bothering me a little bit. So, occasionally, I talk to my ex and a few months ago, he wasn't sure if he still liked me or not. So, a couple weeks ago, I asked him, I was like, well, do you have a definitive answer now? I felt like the answer was going to be no anyway, but he, he did say no. He doesn't like me that way, but he um, he likes me as a friend. I'm okay with that. I do still care about him a lot, as um, I've mentioned in previous podcasts or episodes, rather. But... Something strange, okay. He, anytime I make a pass, I don't, I'm not like this super high-natured sex fiend, okay? When I flirt with someone, it's basically, it's kind of like learned behavior. Because growing up, all I had was male friends. People I grew up with and that I no longer talked to, because I did some stupid shit, <laughs> were all male. And I learned that they'd give me attention if I flirt with them. So that's what I did. <laughs> that's, that's what I did. So my ex, he always seemed uncomfortable with me flirting with him. And uh, whenever I tried to get engage him in like, I tried to get him to do some sexting ones, and he was just overwhelmingly against it. And um, tried to get him to do some erotic role play between our characters on Final Fantasy fourteen. He was not okay with it, but he did ERP with another acquaintance of ours before I met the acquaintance. And I was a little jealous about it, so I tried to get him to ARP with me. <laughs> but he, he didn't want to, so I dropped it. And I still flirt with him a bit, and he'd just be so awkward about it. And just, he's just weird about it. So I assume, I was like, no, maybe he's a, maybe he's a virgin. You know, I don't have a super extensive sexual history either. But I don't know. He told me he had a girlfriend before and they lost their the virginities to each other. So I was like, okay, you know. So it's it was weird that he was so against, you know, talking about it. So... 
I started thinking that maybe it was a, he knows what I look like. I'm heavy. Um, I'm very dark skinned and I got short hair. And I started thinking, well, maybe he's intimidated by me flirting with him. So I turned that down. Um, I thought maybe he preferred like maybe, I don't know, video game characters or anime or something. And as it continue, you know, so I would send him like little pictures of half naked anime girls <laughs> and he'd ignore it. Which was just strange. And so I, so I started thinking that, I don't know, maybe he a pedophile. <laughs> He's not a pedo. He's not. Um, then I started thinking that, well, maybe, maybe he's just gay. And the idea of ERP with a, another, with a female disgusts him, but he plays a female character and he ERPs with other people who have female characters. So I, I don't, I don't know what was up with, you know, what's up with that. But now that we're just friends, he's able to talk about porn and show me stuff that he has and like show me some couple of tabs he's saved from Pornhub and I'm just it's it's confusing me to the point that I feel like I feel bothered by it now (laughs) at first I was like oh okay well this is different you know he's gained a bit more confidence in talking to me and and stuff and he's a bit more uh, assertive when it comes down to his opinions which is appreciated it's nice i just don't understand what changed so i guess maybe i asked him i was like why is it okay now but not before and he is like oh well I don't know. It was just, I just built up this thing and I just couldn't do it. Like, it would have helped our relationship quite a lot if you just indulge me every now and then when it came down to it. But now, whenever we talk, it becomes a topic. And it's bothering me. Because I talked to him a little while ago, and we we, had, we talked for like five, six hours. And of two of those hours, it was about porn. <laughs> so, I don't know. If anybody could give me an idea of why he's doing that. Even though he doesn't like me anymore, that'd be great. I think that maybe he was intimidated by the label of the labels of boyfriend and girlfriend, and just being a friend makes makes him more comfortable. That sounds retarded, but yeah, I don't know. It bugs me.
a little bit. And then there's like a huge, I'm talking about a huge part of me that's like, all right, I'm making, I'm making a, making an issue out of nothing. And I should just be okay with it. And a family member of mine was like, oh, well, he just sounded like a scared version. But I'm like, well, before, yeah, he sounded like that. But now it's just like, why are you so okay with it now? And uh, it it's confusing the crap out of me. I'm so confused. Why is it okay now? He's always doing something that is completely illogical. And it's kind of messing with my emotions a little bit. Because at this point, yeah, I care about him, but... I'm fine with the distance that we have right now. I'm fine with it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. So, yeah. Anyway, I found this YouTuber. Um, her name is Mia Maples. And I watch, I've been watching her prom, she has on prom dresses and clothes and things like that and it's for it is just such a fun time watching her she's so pretty and i get so sad that she's not really happy with her body even though she has an amazing body but um i understand that people everyone has body issues oh boy everybody has them so it's kind of crazy she tried on this these bodysuits, right? And they had she's a bit small up top, but the bodysuits had this fake cleavage that's kinda it's just it's just fake. <laughs> and it was so funny because she calls her mom into the room and her mom's like, Oh my god, where are you going? She's like, to the grocery store <laughs> with this huge fake cleavage. And she bought um she bought these items off of Wish, which, jeez, Wish, Wish, I said Wish, Lord, Wish's outfits are awful, <laughs> absolutely awful, and sometimes you don't even get your products, the amount of times I had to stop my mom from buying something she saw on Wish, just randomly on Facebook, is ridiculous, she's like, my mom's always like, Olive, is this real? And I go and I do a little research. And then I, I look up the uh, reviews. Mm-hmm. Usually. <sighs> there's a yawn and there's the sirens again. But yeah, I'd look up something for her. And she's like, and I tell her, I'm like, Ma, this is not real. So what? Oh, I'm okay then. <laughs> so that was a random thing that I had. I was watching today. It was pretty good. I also really, really like Good Mythical Morning. Oh my god, I love their podcast. Ear biscuits, just one of my favorite things. And one of the it was four, I think it was like four or five episodes that they did, and they called it The Lost Years. 
and they were talking about how they became YouTubers and what they did to um, make the leap. And they always, they told it, they was like, oh, well, we always had this basic story that we were working for IBM and then we became YouTubers. But it was like, we never tell you guys what happened in the middle. And they dive deep into their Christian background. And those things hit me so hard because I come from a very conservative Christian background. Them on the other hand, you know, they come from they came from a very conservative background, but they were like in the Bible Belt down south. So that is not something I want to get into. But my Christian upbringing was intense, you know. Um, I told you guys about how we weren't allowed to watch TV. We weren't allowed to listen to secular music. The fact that we got away with playing Yu-Gi-Oh was just because my granny was up in age a bit and she couldn't move the way that she wanted to. <sighs> I wish that whoever is out there hurting each other would stop because um, these sirens have been going off on and off for the past 30 minutes. Oh my God. <laughs> But yeah, so that's only we got away with Yu-Gi-Oh! But as we got older, obviously in our later teens, it's like we started to think for ourselves. We used to have my aunt, me, my uncle, two of my cousins, my bro, two of my brothers, and um, old friends that we had. But well, not necessarily the old friends. They came in a later at a later time to the to the discussions and. We would just call this the circle. So, you know, the family members would get together and we call it the circle. And we talk about the injustices from various family members done us. Like for instance, my auntie was a is a well was, because I don't associate with her now, was a very big part of my self-esteem issues. My granny would be like, oh, cute, Q can sing. And she'd be shaking her head in the background like, no, 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 she can't, no. And I just wouldn't say anything. And I'd be looking like, wow, okay, I guess I can sing. But now, as an adult, I'm like, I can sing. I just don't want to sing for y'all asses. Because granny always wanted me to sing at church. But no, because I wasn't feeling that. I was shy as hell. That's another story. <laughs> and uh, the biggest thing that she did to me was that I think I was 18 or 19. I guess 19. And I had a little crush on. I hope you guys can hear that. My stomach is growling. I'm so hungry. <laughs> I had a little crush on um, her, her, one of her friend's sons. And he and I would talk and we'd get along and it'd be funny. And he seemed to be into me. But he was he was in college, obviously, and I hadn't gotten my GED. And my aunt pulls me to the side and she tells me, Oh, well, I just wanted to let you know that he's out of your league. 
and he's going to college and you haven't even gotten your GED and you dropped out of high school and he's not going to want to be with somebody who isn't at his level. And that hit me so hard and I just stopped talking to him. And whenever they would come by the church, I'd sit um, by myself. And I just never approached him again. And that's been something that stuck with me. It's like, you're my aunt. I looked up to her because she has all these degrees and all these jobs. She has all this motivation and all this stuff going for her. And she really pulled me to the side and told me that someone was out of my league. It's like, wow, okay. Hmm. Well, that's just one of the things that she's done to fuck with us. I was like fucking 11 or 12. This was around the time I was living with my granny. And I had won an award for writing a, a poem about Black History Month. And I read it to her thinking she's going to praise me. Because at the time, my mom was on drugs. So my mama wasn't praising me and stuff. I was thinking that mom was going to praise me because I looked up to her so much. And she tells me, oh, it's a nice, it's a nice poem, but it feels like it's lacking something and maybe you should finish it. <sighs> it was finished. Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's many more things that she did. So me and my cousins and my uncle and my brothers, we would sit and we'd talk about stuff like that. A lot of a lot of crap that was mentally abusive came from our came from our aunt. And my cousin, this is a story about my aunt. I'm gonna get back to the religious thing in a second, but still. My cousin, she so pretty, very pretty girl. Still pretty, just beautiful, you know? And there was an instance where my cousin was, she had like gave out, she gave my uncle a porn book. It was a book, it was a small little book and it had porn in it. And an accident happened where he was hiding it outside. But my little brother, who's happy-go-lucky, full of energy, just all over the place, got the book, tore a page out of it, gave it to a girl who lived down the street, and the parents of the girl obviously got hella upset. Like, that's that's something messed up to do. So, it somehow got to my auntie that my cousin gave my uncle the book, and instead of my auntie talking to my cousin's mom, about it she just they just takes it upon herself to chastise her who was like 17 at the time <sighs> beat that girl black and blue with an extension cord like what the fuck <laughs> she's 17 of course she's interested in sex it was unfortunate that the content got into the hands of another girl down the street somewhere, but that was my brother's fault. Anyway, that abusive bitch to the side 
back to this religion thing. Now, your biscuits podcast that I'm talking about their lost years, where they talked about being Christians and stuff, really, really resonated with me. Because my grandma literally started the church the year I was born, which is 1988. And it's still going to this day. Even though COVID is out, she doesn't understand that she is immunocompromised, is on dialysis at that, and constantly forces her, her oldest son to take her to places. So, yeah. The upbringing, I had to be, what is the word I'm looking for? I had to, the, the indoctoring, I had to brainwashing. I had to get over that. I, I took myself out of it. And this is going to sound ridiculous, but watching anime helped. Like, that is what got me out of the state of mind and the little brainwashing and the little all of it. Unfortunately, my mom is still bound by it but I keep telling her I'm like it's it's okay to break away from my from grandma's church it's okay to want to have your own things it is okay that you don't have to listen to her you don't have to do everything you don't have to you don't have to take her downplaying your contribution to her church the way that she does. My mama was doing everything for my granny. My granny likes to cook. She cooks meals every single Sunday. And she likes to feed the homeless. That's cool. That's a really good thing. But my mama was doing it. Every single Sunday. For years. Making the food. Buying the paper plates. Buying the spoons. The forks. The hell buying the food because my granny would go out she'd buy something really expensive and not buy enough of it so my mom would put all her money into my grandma's church you know what she got for it nothing and my mom wanted to become a pastor my grandma got offended by it it was ridiculous and so i really pushed my mom to get her own stuff and she finally did and she's just now while she my mom will be 50 next year and she's just now pushing back on the indoctrin that my grandma put her through and my grandma is also brainwashed by the church crap that her aunt put her through because my granny came up from Arkansas when she was 12 had my first uncle and went to church. That's what she did. She learned all of this from her aunt. But what really pushed me out of church was my grandma's money-hungry attitude. I didn't like that. And I didn't like that she felt entitled to any of the money that I got. When... It's like, I'm giving you tithes out of the kindness of my heart because you've raised me to think that that's what I should do. So every first of the month, I, when I get paid or whenever I got any money, she called me up and be like, you're going to pay your tithes? God going to bless you. And it started making me feel like 
if I didn't give her money, I wasn't going to get blessed by God. I know, sick, right? Then it turned into, well, you got to come to church. You know, you come to church, God's going to bless you. And it's like, oh, okay, well, if I don't go to church, God ain't going to, he's not going to bless me. And if I don't continue going to my grandmama's church specifically, that's what it turned into eventually. God isn't going to bless me. It's like, oh, I'm the one. And then the recent thing that she had that just didn't sit right with me. She told my mom, oh, you're trying to take my members out of my church. And my mom's like, no, I'm not. They're the ones who are calling me because they, they're asking me for advice on this, this, and this. And this isn't my fault. So what my grandma does is she talks bad about my mom behind her back. Talking about she's not of God and she doesn't do this. And that and my grandma says that she has the closest relationship to God that anybody has ever had. What is that? What is that? Pride? It's like one of the sins that she shouldn't even be displaying. Anyways, I'm getting heated about this crap. And then like every single my grandma pushed my brothers to get married because that's what God wanted them to do and that's what God needed them to have. But my brothers got married when they were hella young. My first brother got married when he was 16, no, 17, and his wife was 16. And they've been married all this time, sure. But now my brother's a bisexual with a boyfriend and his wife calls herself, she prefers to be referred to her pronoun as they. And she's talking to a female right now. And I, and like, there's a lot of things that go into getting married when you're really early. And I feel like these are problems that they shouldn't have if they would have been allowed to just date and you know, learn more about each other. But my brother's wife didn't want her with my brother because my grandma was always in somebody's business. They would tell her things about their life and my grandma would tell other people. But she's supposed to be the confidant that is leading these people as the pastor and yet she's just as messy as any of these random bitches out here. So that's another thing that I don't like about my granny. But I didn't like about her being a pastor. Don't get me wrong. I love my granny. I absolutely do. And once I'm done with this podcast, I'm going to call us. I'm talking about it. But still. Yeah. That's one of the other things. My granny would bring she my other brothers got married when 17 and 16. And they're like all three of my three of my brothers got married extremely young, and now they have issues in their marriage because they didn't get to know these people the way that they were supposed to. And that's a problem because that is the shit that my granny does. She falls in love real quick with these people. The person she's married to right now, she met over the phone. He was living in Texas. She knew his sister here in the city, in Chicago. He come up from Texas. All of a sudden, they're getting married. And I'm like, what the hell? Then that's when it comes out that my granny slept with this man, hoping that that's what's going to keep him. Now, when I say that that shit fucked me up, 
I mean, it really fucked me up because all my entire life, my grandma has preached, you got to clink, clink and lock it down. Don't have sex before marriage. That's why she pushed my brothers to get married, pushed her son, my closest uncle, who's like my brother to get married. All, all of them. And she always telling me, well, you know, you, you, you a virgin, you know, you, you could find a real good man in church. And I'm just like, Granny, I'm not a virgin. Like, I was raped. So, does that work? And it was crazy. Like, I didn't tell her, you know, that she, she had an idea, but obviously. So, I'm like, nah, Grandma, uh, I'm not trying to get married right now. And then she'd invite these random dudes to church and be like, oh, that's my granddaughter right there. Mm-hmm. And then put me to the side and be like, oh, he'll make you a good husband. No, he will not make me a good husband because I don't want a husband. Like, stop that. Another thing that was a problem. Grandma, she grew up with a, a very strained relationship with people and her family. So she made she had us grow up extremely distrusting and made us feel like the only people that we should trust and be around is our family and like our immediate family not the extended family i barely know those motherfuckers because grandma is like oh well if you go off with this person they're gonna rape you if you go off with this person they're gonna abuse you they're gonna do this that and the other we couldn't have friends until we got old enough and really started breaking away from the mentality of the church and started making, that's how we end up making these friends, orange and red, that I spoke about in the last podcast or episode. I don't know what the, anyway, that's how we made friends with them through Yu-Gi-Oh! And that's how we started to break away from it. So... I don't know where I was going with this. I forgot it. Somebody just knocked at the door in the back, but it's okay. Anyway, it's just, that's just one of the other reasons that, oh yeah, that's just one of the other reasons that I didn't like her, or rather like her as a pastor, because like I said, we couldn't have friends. Any friend that we, oh, there it is. Any friend that we made She's like, oh, they gay. They must be a little gay. They're a little funny. Now nah, they're going to be in a hell you down. And it built up to this thing that was so scary to us because all of these people, they're going to abuse us. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And she's going to like, the only person that can protect you is God. And you got to make sure you keep coming to church now because God's going to protect you. And that's how it started eventually turning into, you got to make sure you're coming to my church and God is going to protect you. So back then, I was still just discovering my sexuality, and she was like one of my friends. I had I hadn't had any friends growing up. So when I graduated eighth grade, and I had this friend, it was funny because she had like the same last name as my sperm donor, and I asked her what her name was, what her what her father's name was, and she told me, and I was like, "Oh, that's my father. That's my dad's name too." And it was funny. And she was like, uh-uh, no, for real? <laughs> and I honestly should have asked. I should have asked more questions, but I let that thought go out of my head because I was like, nah. Because at the time, I kind of liked her. And I was like, please. 
It's like, well, my granny's over here like, uh-uh, she look gay. Which I actually found her recently on Facebook. And turns out she really was. She's a dead-ass stud right now. And she's still hella cute. But, um, like, at the time, my granny's like, uh-uh, no. Mm, she gonna be in a, she gonna got you in there. And, and you go over her house and go to sleep. They gonna, she gonna just take you. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, I'm like, uh, granny. <laughs> I I think I would probably like that. <laughs> so, yeah, that that was basically as that how that went with friends and stuff. Even now, uh, my grandma she's she's just a strange person, and because she's made so much trouble and created so much indecision and all of us breaking away from the mentality of the church of her church rather because i don't know any church that's like hers that's like that hell that's other stuff too that made me really want to break away but i think i've given enough details for you to get the general idea she's but now you know, she wants her family to come around and be around her. But as soon as you come around, she makes you run here and there, makes you work, you know, makes you do this, makes you do that. And it's like it's so tiring. And it's not that I don't want to be, no, that's a damn lie. I don't want to be around her. I want to love her from afar. And if something did happen to her, I'm going to be hurt because she took care of me for a year and a half when I needed somewhere to go. When my mom brought that monster back into our house. So, I love my grandma. I do. But every time I get around her, she's always bringing up my weight. And I know she means well. She's older. She's uh, like 72 right now. And I know she's older. And she comes from a different generation where... Being slim was the thing, you know? But I'm not slim by any means. I am, and I probably will never be slim. And when I do finally wreck out this doggone diet crap, I'm going to lose weight. I've lost some now. But still, when I finally figure it out, I'm more than likely never going to be a slim slim. But Grandma, she always like, oh, well... If you just and then he's like, if you just lighten your skin up a little bit with some face cream and and lose a little bit of weight, you won't be able to stop the man coming, honey. And I'm like, I don't want men chasing after me for my body, and it just bugs me. And it just it just bugs me so hard. And I do whenever I go around her, I do my best to take care of her. I was working for, I was working for her for um for a little while. I think it was last year. Oh, yeah, it was last year. And it put so much stress on me. I felt like I was just being pulled and pulled and pulled. And I just couldn't take it. And it's just like, you're adding so much strain. Like, why? Just leave me alone. I come here. I work for you. I go home. I make your food. I take you to dialysis. Just... Leave me, just stop. But no, she just kept going and going and going. And I eventually, I just quit. 
And the thing that was bothering me also with that is my cousin, and let's call her Thee. She's my um my crazy aunt who was very mentally abusive to me and all her all her nieces and nephews. That's her daughter. So Dee was also working with my grandma. She had just came back home from being abroad because that makes you a better human or some shit. And um, she's just so mean to my granny. You know, she just, just so fucking mean to her. She'd throw stuff at her, wouldn't feed her, would just lay there when my granny would call her and would just leave her alone, like would just leave the house and just was all around lazy. So when I started working for granny, there was a lot of things that Dee was supposed to do that I ended up doing. And I'm like, I'm just supposed to be here to be with her overnight and to take her to dialysis in the morning. So why am I doing all the jobs that you're supposed to be doing, Dee? That you're supposed to be taken care of when you're here with my grandma throughout the day? And my grandma would never say anything. Never. But my brother, my dear brother, I love him so much. He's my favorite brother. Don't worry, I'm not going to let any of them listen to this podcast. So, <laughs> he's my favorite brother. Let's call him Jay. So, Jay, he decided to take on the responsibility of taking care of my grandma because my granny was running her eldest son into the ground, making him do this and that and this and that and all kinds of crap. When he's immunocompromised also. But anyway, so my, my brother Jay is taking care of my granny and he was also still underneath the whole spell of my grandma talking about making him believe that he's not going to get blessed if he doesn't work with her or if he doesn't come to her church or if he doesn't pay tithes and she was just so mean to him about everything because my brother has two children he has a wife And he has all these things that he needs to take care of. So he's not only working with my grandma. He's working another job. He's picking up the children from school. And it was like she couldn't get it through her head that he has a family of his own now. I'm not saying that she doesn't matter. It's just that she should understand that he doesn't have the time. And I kept telling my brother, I'm like, Jay, what are you doing? I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you forcing yourself to take care of her this way? And he's like, well, I feel like I'm not going to get blessed if I don't help her. And and it's just, oh, no, man. Oh, no. And I'm like, bro, let that shit go. And what makes it so bad is that my granny gets a certain amount of hours from the government that equals up to at least $1,200 a month. Or every two weeks, rather. And he was getting paid $200 every other week to help her with all this shit. Ooh, it makes me so mad because my bitch-ass auntie, it was over. she was over the entire thing. And she was giving her lazy-ass daughter, D all the damn money. 
and my brother running from one side of the town to the other to take care of my grandma. And I tell I tell Jay all the time, I'm like, sweetie, you are he's he's too nice. And that's what's wrong with my family. We were raised to be at our our elders beck and call, like some type of little slaves. And it didn't apply to any any other child in my family except for my mother's children. And it it just didn't make sense. When you sit down and when we sit down and we talk about it and then we really think about it, it just didn't make any sense. It just it just hurt so bad. So Jay finally got it through his head that you're making what four hundred extra dollars a month for all the wear and tear on your car. And my granny had the fucking audacity to get mad because he was late picking her up from dialysis because he had to pick up his children from school. Really? Called my mom and complained because he didn't wash dishes, which there was like only two or three plates in the sink that D was supposed to wash. Mm-hmm. I'm getting mad, uh, angry, talking about this, but I'm gonna keep going because this fuckery is like, it's like beyond. It's just like beyond belief sometimes, you know. So, I think the last straw with Jay was that he needed to leave about thirty minutes early because he lives in Indiana and we live in Chicago. And he had to get home because he had the only key to their apartment. And his wife and children were sitting outside in a cold-ass car and she wouldn't let him leave. Because she was like, well, Dee's supposed to be on her way. Just give me, just stay here with me for another hour. You know, she'll be here. She'll be here. And and Jay's like, no, Granny, I got to go. You'll be fine on your own for another hour. And she goes, the doctor said I can't be by myself. I can't be by myself. There's nothing wrong with her. She can be by herself. The problem is that she's scared as hell. She's a scaredy cat. She says she sees stuff at night and she sees things and and hears stuff. And I'm like, Grandma, you should probably see a professional mental health therapist. But no. Mm -mm. What happened was my granny had, um, she had, what do you call them? blood clocks in her legs at one point? And ever since then, she had been on some blood pressure medication. And she took some blood pressure medicine by accident too much once. One time. And it was ridiculous. You know, everybody was worried. You know, everybody came together and was looking after her and stuff. And once it seemed like she was fine. She was fine. But then she got some doctor to tell her that she can't be by herself. And she just took that and ran with it. And my uncle spoiled her. And my aunt spoiled her. And all the responsibility for taking care of my granny fell on my mother's children. And we were there all the time. My brother, one of my brothers, would need to go to school. But my aunt would tell him, oh, you, you should stay here with grandma because grandma need help. 
She wasn't telling her own damn children that while they were out there getting their degrees and going to school and doing this and doing that and all these programs and stuff. That bitch never, not even once, asked, hey, would you guys like to be a part of this with my children? No, 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 no. She did once. My brother, one of my brothers, my third brother, no, my second brother was in football with her son. And it seemed more, instead of like it being just football, it seemed more like they were just abusing him on the on the field and doing practice. And to this fucking day, he got back problems with a slipped disc from that crap. Anyway, <laughs> you're passionate when I'm talking about how much I can't stand the actions of my family, even though I love them so much. But yeah. But that was the last straw with Jay. His family sat outside in a car for well over two hours because my granny wouldn't let him leave and he felt obligated to stay with her because she had complained about such little things in the past. He tried to hire someone else to take his position that could use a little extra money because they didn't quite have anywhere to stay. And she was going to take my position. And the girl, I talked to her. We talked for about an hour. I, you know, I made sure she was an okay person because I know how particular my granny can be. And I was like, well, sometimes she can be real particular. She's not supposed to have more than like, um, I think 16 or or 20 ounces of water a day because of dialysis. And sometimes she'll try to get you to give her a lot more sugar and sweets. And um, but you got to watch over her with that. And that was basically it. I was like, make sure she takes her medicine in the morning. But she usually has the Monday through Friday uh, pill case. The first night that the girl ends up there, her baby needed to use the bathroom. Uh, a couple of times throughout the night. And my grandma started freaking the fuck out on this poor girl and her baby because she because the child needed to use the bathroom. And she was like, y'all can't be in here slamming my door like that. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, granny. She, I'm not trying to slam the door. I'm just trying to, um, my baby needs to use the bathroom. And grandma just wouldn't let it go. But she didn't want her to work with her in the first place. Because grandma knows that she's not going to get away with all the bullshit that she pulls on her grandchildren with somebody who is not her child, you know, a part of her family. And that's why she won't let a government paid person come in and take over the hours to take care of her. And that's why I still in my auntie's name. Because not only, and then we're going to go back to the money hungry thing, because not only do they split it out amongst the family, basically give out pennies amongst the family. Because when I was working with her, I was only getting $70 every other week. And I had to pay for my freaking transportation. So I wasn't making anything. <sighs> anyway, my grandma gets a cut of the money too. And she doesn't want to let that go. And I think that is fucking disgusting. She's vain and materialistic, and I don't understand how she thinks she's getting in this proverbial heaven 
that she talks about so doggone much. Now, I'm not an atheist. I'm an agnostic. I'm not going to sit here and say I don't believe that there isn't a creator because that would be weird. But still, not one that would condemn an entire nation to hell that's never heard of Christianity. So what the fuck? That doesn't make any sense at all. So my spiritual journey with church, Christianity, all of that came to a nice abrupt end when I found anime. And uh, like I had watched anime growing up when I was really little, you know, like Sailor Moon, Cardcaptor Sakura, Rama and a Half and stuff like that. And then as I got older, I found out that you can watch anime on YouTube. <laughs> so I found a ridiculous amount of anime on YouTube. And then I found an, uh, a site that completely dedicated to, to anime. And I got into it there. And the anime I, I was watching, they were older, of course. But they had all these concepts that I didn't know about. Like, I never thought that there was any other religion other than Christianity. So when I watched an anime that was talking about the different gods that the Japanese people believe in, that shit blew my mind. It blew it wide open. And I was like, they're going to hell. <laughs> Obviously, my first thought is, oh, man, they're going to hell. Like. They don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and that that God is the body and Jesus is the spirit. And or I think I just said the shit backwards, but still. And they don't believe in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost and, and speaking in tongues. What? That is so strange. And because it was strange, I got super inquisitive. I got so deep into learning all of this other stuff. I, I started learning about astrology, numerology, spirituality, all kinds of stuff. And when I eventually came to the conclusion to the conclusion that maybe I wasn't taught correctly, that's when I felt like I broke free. There was also a dude that I dated I dated him online and I was supposed to go and meet him, but it turns out he was a Jehovah's Witness and we used to argue about his religion and my religion. And that was also another catalyst because every time I would talk to him, I would just get so tired because he was like, well, if we're going to be together, you got to join my religion. But I'm like, you know, your religion doesn't celebrate anything. It doesn't make, you know, I like to celebrate people's birthdays. I like knowing people's birthdays. It's a hobby of mine. And he's just like, oh, no, that doesn't matter. All this crap. Eventually, when I stopped talking to him, all the hair on the back of my head had fell out. That's just how stressful it is. And I'm starting to see that I, it's a pattern. I really do not take stress very well. <laughs> So, yeah. 
that's how that went. But I'm 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 glad that I don't think of religion the way that I used to. Sometimes I still struggle. And sometimes when I get really, really hurt, I will pray. And it never feels right when I do. Because I, I feel like, oh, like now I'm running back to my roots just because I'm hurt. And a lot of the times I just don't even I just don't even do it. I just don't even pray. And sometimes it's a small voice in the back of my head is, you know you want to pray. You know you want to beg God to take away the hurt. You know you want to ask God to make him come back. You know you want to ask God, why is it that you're so lazy? But it's really just my depression that's kicking my ass. Like, damn. It's like, you you really want to. You can do it. Go ahead. And it's like some some weird ass crap going on. Some little snake that's just like slithering and shit. And I was like, no, I'm not gonna. But yeah, anime hope. Anime hope. Anime helped me open my eyes and gave me a brighter and broader horizon on the things that are out there. Anime pretty much saved my life. And when people say that anime saved their life, it's like... (laughs) Some people take it weird. And they're like, oh, you're weird. What do you want of them otakus? Watching them Chinese cartoons? And like, if you watched it, you would like it. And it's like... I'll, I'll be like, okay, what type of what type of thing, what type of action, or what type of movies do you like? And they'll be like, oh, I like action. I like gore. I like something with a deep and rich storyline. And I'll be like, boom, watch this. And they'll watch it, and I'll be like, hey, um, any more anime like that? <laughs> oh, God. A prime example is Around the Time Attack on Titan came out. I was so into it, you know, and I had hung out. I was hanging out at my uncle's old house with his ex-wife and my uh, my brother and one of the other groups, one of the other members in our, of our group, they wanted to watch rap videos. And I was just like, look, I was already on the TV and you guys can't like, no, like, I'm already doing something on the PlayStation, so I don't want to watch a rap video. They kept badgering me over and over again. I was like, look, all right, I tell you what. Y'all watched the first two episodes of this anime called Attack on Titan with me. And if you don't like it, then all right, that's cool. Y'all can go ahead and watch your rap videos and you do whatever the heck you want. Tell me why. They watched the first two episodes and I'm like, all right. Okay, we're going to go ahead and y'all can watch your rap videos. And they was like, no, 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 no. Play the next episode. (laughs) It was like one of my crowning victories. I was like, hell yeah. And to this day, my brother T, that's my uh, second brother, dead ass is an anime freak. And I was just like, "Mm mm-hmm. That's my boy. Because back when we were little, you know, they'd watch... Well, I was like, 
I was like 17. But they would watch Naruto with me. And I was like so lonely. I had no damn friends. I'd be like, okay, y'all, we're going to watch Naruto. And at the end of the episode, I'm going to give y'all a quiz. And we watch Bleach. And I get my quiz in. <sighs> they all grow. Doing their own thing now. So, But yeah, we can talk about anime again some other time. And when we do, maybe something else. So this is Olive Cue signing off. Thank you for listening to the Bottleneck Podcast. Bye.